Say hallelujah. The 23-24 season is just about to start. Dylan and Chris, we've got some bold predictions. We're going to talk about them. Armchair GM Podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Well, Chris, the preseason is actually finally done after eight long games. Seems like everybody except Rasmus Anderson thinks it's just way too much. What do you think? You know, it's I, I I'm not one of those people that take a lot of take a lot out of the the preseason. It's nice to see you know the the young kids try and get a a spot on the team or whatnot. I mean, you you can point a few players that you would like to have seen more from um but it, it was it was pretty much a train wreck um in in good ways and bad ways right we started out on such a high note you know taking on uh vancouver with that that, that big beating to to start the, the preseason and then yeah and and then they they laid it on us for the for the last game right that three to one on on friday which, I mean, it was such a lackluster effort by the Flames, uh, which is frustrating because of how many actual starters were were playing that game. But, I mean, do they want to injure themselves in the preseason? Probably not. I mean, no. And that's part of it, right? Is, you know, you watch around the league, you see Mark Stone get run by a, by a nobody, and then basically talk about how the guy's a nobody afterwards but like and like jake truba absolutely destroyed to foley after one of the devils destroyed one of the like it, it's preseason and players are playing like it's regular season and like i get it but also there's too many games these guys are ready to go and maybe it's just time to you know cut down on the preseason a little bit yeah yeah i can see that i mean look at Peltier, right I yeah mean, you know, there's a chance that his that his season came to an end after that hit right it probably did like if he comes back it'll be the you know very end of the season right so yeah, yeah. so i mean it is what it is um you know once again for the third time now i not super impressed with Wolf. Um, you know, I, I've been saying all along, I, I really hope he does well. There's there is a huge, huge jump between AHL and NHL. Absolutely. I, he didn't, like, I didn't think he was bad. No. I think, I think all of the goalies had good games and all of the goalies had bad games. And what resulted of it was keeping the two more veteran goalies up and sending the other guy down and people freaked out over it. And the way I look at it is there's going to be a couple times during the season where both teams are at home and they're both in Calgary now. So Wolf is going to get called up for a couple games here and there. And he's going to get pretty much the exact same amount of games as as uh, Vladar is in the NHL, but he's also going to get like 50 AHL games. Well, and that's huge, right? So would you rather have a guy have 50 AHL games and 10 NHL games or 10, H- 10 NHL games and no AHL games? Yeah, exactly. If you want to, if you want to stunt, you know, you know, the, the growth of a, of a goaltender, just make them watch games for half a season. It just it makes yeah. no sense to just sit there and watch. I yeah. mean, you know, I get everybody wants him to be the, the next savior. You know, we'll we'll wait, uh, we'll wait and see if that ends up being the case. But I mean, it's clearly better for his development to be playing games. I agree. I agree, yeah. and even if it's games like he is too good for the AHL, but we're in a, you know, we're in a situation now where. We have an asset in in Vladar, and we have another asset in Wolf, 
And the worst, in my opinion, the worst thing we can do is force Wolf to be Markstrom's backup and just not play a whole bunch of games and ship Vladar off for less than he's worth. Yeah. So let's just wait a little bit and let Conroy do something or, you know, that's my opinion on it. Anyways. Yeah, no, exactly. Now, if I had seen something through the through the preseason that made me go, holy shit, he needs to be, you know, game yeah. game one starter, it'd be a different conversation. But uh, I didn't but, see that either, so. So, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, preseason is what preseason will be. Um, you know, you get, you get to see a big chunk of what you have in the organization. Um, we do have some players that I do think will become impact NHL players in the future. I agree. Um, I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know how many. I don't know how full our cupboard really is. I think it's better than a lot of people think, but I still don't think it's that good. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's it feels like it's good enough to keep the flames going on the on the 10th to 6th in the west for another decade. Yeah, pretty much. Um but you want to get into some hot takes and oh, do I? I don't know how hot they are, but you know, uh some bold predictions anyways. Bold predictions. You want to kick us off? I want to kick us off. Let's go. I'm, I I want to start off with Noah Hannafin. Mm-hmm. I uh, I mean it's it's not a not exactly rocket science here. He's he's on a contract year. He's looking to get paid. I think he's going to have a career year in goals, assists. Obviously, ending in in a career year in points. Um, currently is. His best season was the 21-22 season where he played 81 games, 10 goals, 38 assists for 48 points. I think he's going to beat that by a large margin. I think he's going to end up right around the 62-point mark. 62, that's really good for a defenseman, especially mm-hmm. when it doesn't play power play one. Yeah. yeah. I'm not um, really sure if he'll play power play two with Uyghur on the team. I, I would think that Weger gets that that spot, but are I don't know. Are we going to continue on with two, you know, power play one and and two being um, four forwards and one D? Not really sure. I mean, either. I I think he's gonna. Um, I think he's gonna explode, especially early on. He he showed a lot of promise to me in in the uh, in the preseason. He was shooting a lot more. Um, he he was kind of all over the puck. I was actually quite impressed with his with his play this this preseason. I was too. He he definitely shot a lot. Um, he skated faster than he usually does. That's one thing I've never really got is uh, people say he's an incredibly fast skater, and I'm like he's a pretty he's an okay skater. Like he's not a bad skater, but I wouldn't call him like an like super fast for the NHL or anything, but he no. seems like he was, he seems like he's getting ready for a contract year. Like you were saying. So I, I could see that. Um, Do you figure he stays in Calgary for the, the whole year or, or that he gets uh, extended or anything like that? Um, My, my honest gut says that he's, he's a, a deadline trade. Yeah. And unless unless he starts showing more in, in his interviews that he's you know, super pumped and happy about being in Calgary, which I mean he's a professional, he's gonna say the right things, but you can also read body language language mm-hmm. and, and just the, the expression on their faces and how excited they are to even talk about it. I mean there's a there's a huge difference between watching Noah Hannafin talk opposed to Zadaroff. Yeah, you know I mean? like Zadarov just openly likes being here. Yeah, which is which is nice for for one of your players. But I mean, obviously they're two different people. I know Hannafin's a little more laid back, I guess, or or uh, 
maybe an introvert slightly when it bit. comes to dealing with the media, which I get. I understand that if I had to talk to Francis every day, I'd be, I wouldn't yeah. want to say much either. Right. And so. that's, I was going to say like, it, like it's hard sometimes to read because we don't know the people, but like last time we spoke, you said that you thought Lindholm would eventually get re-signed, but he doesn't seem or happy but he also never seen like some someone in our in our group chat was saying like oh no he doesn't seem like he wants to stay he probably won't stay i'm like that that is the face that lindholm made when he scored five points two years ago in a game and had an interview afterwards that's just who he is <laughs> that that <laughs> is true he doesn't want to talk to anyone <laughs> that, that is true but if you remember um, it wasn't just this last season. The year before, I think they did a lot of interviews where they'd have two guys sitting at the table or whatever, and they'd yeah. be kind of talking and whatnot. There was quite a few times when he was in that setting that he looked happy, as he'd be joking with the person sitting with him and things like that. So, Lindholm but, or Hannafin? Lindholm. Okay. Yeah. 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 Lindholm. Um, I think there is. He was kind of feeding off what was happening with. with with the media the and whatnot. And then obviously they were having a lot more fun, right? Yeah. At that time. So exactly. I mean it, it, it all makes sense. But no, you're right. He's he's another one. Lindholm's kind of got that you know, straight business type attitude when he's talking with the media. He, he doesn't really answer questions the way necessarily that we would like. He's he's got I, his he's got his staged his his, his is given answers for for questions and and he rolls with it. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Hannafin gets traded, but I'll get into that. You know what? Because it kind of runs into one of my hot takes too. Well, bold predictions. I'm gonna say they let Tanev's contract run out. They don't trade him, and they don't extend him. They let his contract run out. And I'm going to go a little further into this, but I'm going to tie it back into what you said. I think a reason that they do this is because they'd rather keep other guys because of age, basically. So they want to use his cap space on other guys. But I also think that there's a big chance if they let his Tanev's contract run out, that they kind of um, circle back a couple days into free agency or a couple weeks into free agency or whatever, and they come to an agreement with him because he's stated that he wants to be in Western Canada. The Canucks have already let him go. The Oilers have no cap space. So maybe he might want to come back for cheaper for short term. Mm -hmm. But I don't that part I'm not so sure about. It's kind of something I've been throwing around my head, but I do think that they're going to let his contract just run out and he's going to explore free agency, whether he comes back or not. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I mean, let's be honest on, on the, in the trade market, he's not worth that much. I think he would be at the deadline. If he, he was, he, if, if he'd he be a brilliant, yeah, he'd be a brilliant uh, player to pick up at the deadline. Like, imagine, like, I just said the Oilers don't have cap space, but imagine a guy like him on that team. Just a guy who can play defense. Like, remember when they got fucking um, Matias at home, and I was like, that's exactly what they needed. They just needed a guy who plays defense. If they had one more guy who plays good defense, they'd be a great team. Yep. You know? Or... Yep. Another team, you know, Colorado could use him. You know, another good team who just needs a little bit less pucks at their own net. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, that that's the type of, you know, anybody that needs a shutdown guy or just solid defense going into, into playoffs, which is absolutely needed. But, of course, the big question mark is, you know, is Tanev going to be healthy by the end of the season? He's only ever played one full season in his career. 
Yeah. Which which is just mind blowing to me. And that, that one full season was, was two seasons ago. Yeah. So he's he's got that, that ten that ten team uh no trade list, which I I would suspect that for the most part that doesn't really include a lot of playoff teams. So I think no teams that would want him. Yeah. Yeah. But I I think that keeps it pretty wide open for, for things at the deadline if if there is, you know, some sort of package that could be uh dealt for that. You know, I agree. You know, Buffalo. Buffalo. Oh, Jesus. Jeez, that would be nice, wouldn't it? That'd be yeah. they're they're gonna be a strong team this year. So I mean that that's not and a bad they, idea. They need somebody to keep the pucks away from their net or a goalie. <laughs> yeah. No, that's uh that's 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 not a that's not a, a bad take to be honest. I mean, if if I thought we could get a you know a first or a second form, then I'd be I'd be questioning you more on it. But I think I think uh, just given the style of play that he is, he's just he's just an absolute stud when it comes to playing defense. Yeah, but he's not. He doesn't have the the uh, the popularity that that others do. Name brand, name brand, yeah. And it, you know he's getting older, and and the health thing, and also I just think that they like him, right? And I think that they want to keep. Like I would want to keep him too. I just feel like they want to keep Hannafin more, or they'd want to keep you know, Hannafin and Lindholm more, and then they really need his cap space, right? That's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. And I mean, he turns thirty-four um, in December. I guess mid midway through the season. So, I mean, he's not a spring chicken. Um, he's got a lot of hard miles on that body of his. So, he does. I mean, I mean, just his, you know, his his full-on future is always in question, right? I mean, I feel like he's just one hit away from that being it. Because man, he puts himself through some abuse. He does, and he doesn't. I feel like this might be the most healthy we've seen him. You know, he he usually doesn't let himself heal properly before he comes back, or or at all. He'll just come back the next shift when well, he with his yeah. shoulder hanging off of his right. Like... <laughs> yeah, look at look at that when you come back in in playoffs. You know, I mean, he couldn't play. He couldn't physically do it, but he still did it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was a it was a struggle. It was hard to watch him out there. Like, you probably I, just, I felt really bad for him. Yeah, me too. Um, all right, you're up. What's your next uh, bold prediction? Well, I mean, we all know that that uh, they they seem to have Walker Dewar uh, listed on the fourth line. Um, I think you and I um, have both. They both talked about how impressive he is as a player and and, and how dynamic he, he truly is. I don't think he belongs on the fourth. And I uh, I think by Christmas, he's going to be in the top six. I like that. I'm, I'm definitely not going to argue with it. I'm not sure if the top six is how they're going to get him more minutes. I definitely don't see him being a full-time fourth liner. Um, I mean, for the first little bit of the season, they'll staple him there because for some reason he's been typecast there. But yeah, it's unfortunate. Me, whether they give him a little bit of power play time, a little bit extra PK time, um, you know, throw him out there for an extra shift with a couple of guys who have a tired line mate for some reason or whatever, they'll they'll find more minutes for him because he's effective when he's out there. He really is. He he makes his line mates better. He just generates opportunities, and, and and yeah, I I think they need to get him off the fourth line and put him where where he belongs in the, on the third or, you know, and then work his work his way up to the to the second if possible. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if if they'd take you know Coronado or or. Um... Sharon Govich off of there for him off of the second line, but you never know, right? Like mm-hmm. if he produces more, I and I think he can. He's got a hell of a 
a hell of a shot. He can dangle. He's one of the only guys on the team who likes to hang out in front of the net. And he's physical. Like he's he is a power forward that can score. He's just typecast into a grinder line. Or into yeah. a grinder um in that in that uh, role. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean if you look at how how they have it listed, at least currently, uh the way the practices were on uh on Monday, that you know, you got Hunt, you got Rizika, and you got Dewar together. And and obviously, in my opinion, out of those three, Dewar's got the best opportunity to move up in the lineup. Um Rizika can absolutely play on the on the third and second line. Um, but I I still think he, he needs to show if more when shift, he disappears and yeah, comes he, back and disappears and comes back. It's it's really frustrating to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I think he needs to work his way out of the fourth instead of I mean, last year he was kind of put in a role and 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 worked his way onto the fourth. So I think if if he wants to have a chance to dig himself out of that line, it's up to him. So I agree. Um, got to show a lot of effort every game, every shift. Is I mean, even even during the preseason, I didn't really see much from him at all. The, the, I saw some really good shifts and a couple of really good plays, and a whole lot of where the fuck is he? Yep. His line mates are out here. Where the where the where where's he at? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. But with, I do think that he's got really good playmaking skills and that might work well with Dewar. So I'm interested to see. I don't, not really super pumped on Hunt. I, I would have preferred Zari, but um, I like your prediction about, about Dewar getting moved up the lineup, getting more minutes and all that type of stuff. That's, uh, I like that. Um, so here's my next one. Andrew Mangiapane gets traded. I don't know what for. I mean, I've got some ideas. I've got plenty of ideas, but I feel like they keep trying him in the top six and it keeps not working. Yep. And I feel like they've got a couple of third liners right now that they're making five plus million dollars for the next couple of years. He's making five plus million dollars for a couple of years, but he's the only one that can be traded. Yeah. And that's kind of why and and they need that cap, right? They they need that money to sign more integral parts to the team than he is, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I know there's you know parts of the fan base who just absolutely adore this guy. I, I don't get it, but um and I'm not just saying this because I want him to get traded. I actually think that there's a possibility that they've figured out that all that tenacity doesn't really mean all that much when you can't stay on your feet. <laughs> And when you're you you can wrestle on the boards all you want, but when you're not coming out with the puck, it just doesn't matter. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And I mean, that's one thing we've always talked about. You can never fault his his will effort. and his determination and his effort. It's always there. A hundred percent. He's I'd argue he's the most consistent on effort on the team. Mm-hmm. But yep. If Ruziska had the effort of Mangiapane, he'd be sure. a first line center. Yeah. Yeah. And a damn good one. Yeah. But Mangiapane's effort means a lot less because he's just not he's not as effective as people think he is. Like he He's he's I, not a, he's not effective at all away from the puck. He's one of the he's, reasons I don't believe in in all of those fancy stats because he's just he's an analytical darling from what I hear and I just look at him and I'm like he's not coming out of the corners with the puck he's falling over all the time he's missing on one-timers he's like what's the point (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, it's every year that goes by, I say the same thing. Can't take the puck away. Can't pass for shit. Um, yeah. Can't stay on his feet. He's got a great shot when he's able to connect. And, you know, the year that he got his, what did he get, 35 goals that year? Yeah. And all of a sudden, that was a new standard for Mangiapane, even though yeah. you know, that was the outlier year, not not the 15 to 20 that he'd always been. I um, hope that this trend stops now that sure. Tree Living's gone. Somebody has a great year. You don't pay him for that year. You pay right. him for Body what the last three years has been, or the last four years has been, or in Kadri's situation, it probably should have been the last ten years and not just the one year, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that, that's a hundred percent. But that, I mean, that's that's the way pro sports are. Yeah, you know, contracts are constantly being signed with the "What have you done for me lately?" mantra, and it's. For better That's or worse. The reason why I love Backlund's contract. His his extension, because he took less. And he's had I think he's had back to back career years, hasn't he? Backlund? Yeah. Ooh, let's see. Yeah, bring that up. I mean last year for sure he did. Yeah. Um, but he, he signed for less and short term for less after a career year. Um, no, not quite. So, no, he only had 39 points, uh, 21-22. Okay. Yeah, before that, there it was 32, and then 45, 47, 45, okay. 53, 47. Yeah. Okay. So, just last year was his, was his, was his uh, career year. Okay. In, Still, in points. I mean, yeah. Points and assists, career year. Anyways, I think that is a hot take because I don't, I haven't heard anybody else say that, that Mangiapane is going to get traded, but I feel like they auditioned him up there. I feel like they tried him last year with, with uh, Kadri and Dubé and, and Kadri and Dubé both drove the bus on that line and Mangiapane just kind of didn't help all that much. And now Ralph, Ralph Wiggum and... Well, Ralph Wiggum on the back of the bus on that, or what? A little bit, yeah. And he falling over in the middle of the bus aisle, rolling down the. Uh, anyways, I'm um, in danger. But yeah, exactly. But I've kind of noticed that Mangiapane is only good when he's stapled to backland. And that's that's fine. That's good, but you can't have fifteen million dollars on your on your third line like that. And one of them needs to go, and it's obviously not going to be Backlund or Coleman, right? So just because of their their contracts, and one of them's the captain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a lot of money to be spending on a third line. Yeah, obviously, and I mean, you gave Mangiapane that contract in in hopes that he could get his ass out of the third line. But here here we are. But alas, here we are. Yeah. All right, you got your uh, your last take here? My last take. Okay, so with the lines that they've been been showing um the last last few days now that we're we're down to our our final pieces of the roster for the for the season, obviously we got Huberto and, and Lindholm are gonna be Playing together right now, they got Dubé on that line, which would be nice. Um, I think he's he's earned it and deserves it. Um, you got Sharon Govich, Kadri, and Coronado, Manjapani, Backlund, Coleman. Then that last line of Hunt, Ruzika, and Dewar, I think, opens up an opportunity for what I believe is going to be a, a certainty that Connor Zeri. Before the All Star break, we'll be um, skating for the Flames, like full time. Yeah, I Not think he's in and out of the lineup full time. I think I think he's going to come in and and 
they won't be able to take him out because he's going to show that much. He'll show that much of a dis- difference because I think he's either I think he's going to end up taking Rizika's spot unless he can get his shit together and and Not Hunt. Uh, well, I mean Hunt Not ideally, him. but but I think Rizika needs to show more, or else he's going to find himself playing for uh, for the Wranglers. I don't think he'd clear waivers, but I I do think that there's a chance that Rizika also gets traded, and. I just as a throw in to get something right, but for me, I, I I agree. Like, fuck, we agree a lot. But Zari, I thought deserved the spot out of camp. I've heard a lot of people say, "Oh, you can't have Zari on a fourth line playing fourth line minutes." And I like look at Zari's game. Zari is a grinder. Like he grinds away. And he is tenacious on the puck. He is a fourth liner, if I've ever seen one, with upside. So he's, to to me, a guy like that, like there's some guys like Coronado, I wouldn't be happy if they had brought, you know, had him on the team and had him on the fourth line, because that's not the type of guy who would thrive on a fourth line. I think Zari I mean, I think his upside is like a like maybe one day he'll be a second line center, but I I think he would thrive in in a fourth line role because what a fourth line generally is is fast puck retrieving grinders, and I feel like that's exactly what Zari is. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean. And then the reason why I didn't pick Hunt as as who he'd be replacing is just positional. Um, Because right now, I think Hunt is a one-position guy. He plays left wing, and that's it. Um, Where Zari, I think, could come in and make a difference on the dot. He was consistent through the um, preseason. Um, He was regularly one of the best people in in faceoffs for the Flames. So. I, I believe, didn't actually look at face-off stats, but I believe that's to be the case. I better okay. I better look at that before I commit on that. I hope so, because we could really use some more face-off wins too. Um I do think that if Zari comes in, I think it's more likely to be hunt out and Rosiska moved over to the to the wing. Because yeah. Rosiska plays wing too, right? Yeah, I can see that as well. Um, just with Rizzisca's size, I want him to work out so bad, but it's just that drive isn't there. Yeah, that's exactly it. I want to, I want to see my young players looking like they want to be on the team. And quite frankly, he just doesn't show it on a, on a consistent basis. Obviously, he when does, he does, but... he's like one of the best players on the ice, but then it stops. Yeah. yeah. Unlike Mangiapani, who always shows that he wants to be on the team, but it's not enough for him <laughs> to be one of the best players on the ice most of the game. That's right. That's right. In my opinion. Um. Are you looking up Zari's faceoff stats or Yeah. It's not uh it's not easy to find stats like that for the for the preseason. It's it's not, and I think one of the issues that I'm having is the one game that he played in, in October certainly wasn't uh the the one game he was actually only twenty five percent on in the dot. So oh <laughs> little little egg on my face on that one apparently. Oh fair enough. Well, my last um, hot take is Dylan Dubé. I've said parts of this before on the podcast. He's been given that that thing where everybody has always been upset about how the Flames treated Sam Bennett. How... You know, they never gave him a fair shake up top. 
and, and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, with Sam Bennett, when he was given the shot, he never produced. But when Dubé has been given the shot up to, up top, he has produced and then has been moved back down. But I think now with Sutter gone, I think Dylan Dubé plays top six minutes for 85 plus percent of the games that he plays this season. And see that. And, and I think, I believe his career high is 36 points, which is 18 goals, 18 assists. I think he improves those numbers by seven each and gets 25 and 25. 50 points from Dylan Dubé. Maybe even more. I mean, yeah, 50 points would be five more than his than his career because last year he had 18 and 27 for 45 points. Oh, I thought he had 18 and 18 for some reason. Year before he had 18 and 14. Okay. Well, either way, I just wanted to see because he he's also one of the only players on the team who currently has shown any sort of um, chemistry with Elias Lindholm. And he did, again, he was given three games, two or three games on that top line last season. And I remember he produced seven points and helped Lindholm into Foley out a lot on the puck retrievals and creating havoc with his speed and all that type of stuff. And I think that uh, a guy like Elias Lindholm and a guy like uh, Jonathan Huberto would really benefit from that. I think so too. And and as far as your your point total, um cra- crazy to look at is his points every year since the 18-19 season have gone up in groups of of 10. So he had five oh, points and he had 16 points and he had 22 and 32 and 45. So something in the 50s is is clearly where he's going to be next year for for yet another career year, so Heck, maybe even more than that. Maybe, yeah. maybe, uh, maybe sixty. I... No, no, you can't leave the fifties out because I just told you how it how it's gone up every year. Well, so he'll he'll be well, in the fifties. Would 50s. you not like him to? I would love him to. <laughs> it's also a contract year for Dubé. Nobody's talking about that because he's a restricted free agent, so he doesn't have leverage. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, you know. He's a Cochrane guy. I don't see why. Don't see why he wouldn't want to stay. He seems to be one of those guys who loves being in Calgary, and you know, obviously being a Cochrane guy, he stays sticks around the city most of the uh, most of the off season and all that type of stuff. Helps out the young guys, and I'd love to see him get an extension. Yeah, you know what? And, you know, the first couple of seasons, maybe I can oh, probably you, go in three or four. I didn't, I didn't see much in him. Had some conversations about that where we disagreed vehemently. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I'm, I'm willing to, uh, willing to say I was wrong. There's, he's in the last year or two, he's actually shown quite a bit to me. And then, well, last year especially, him and Kadri on that line, um, which. In in my opinion, last year at the beginning of the year, Dubé was the reason why the two of them were clicking. He put in a lot of effort in the you know, first 10, 15 games that, that really had the two of them. Uh, yeah, they played flow. really well together. Yeah, they 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 had a lot of flow together, and it, it was quite impressive to see. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. 
gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, that's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Licensee Partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, L.A. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions. Terms and responsible gaming resources. Well, you know what? Let's get into to the lineup because we were talking about that. We've talked about it a little bit throughout this, but... Um, I mean, I want to see Dubé with with Huberto and Lindholm for the first little bit. And if that doesn't work out like I think it will, then I don't see why Kadri, Coronado, and Dubé can't be a thing. Because that's, again, like, Dubé goes in and gets the puck for those guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't hate it. That's for sure. And Dubé has chemistry with Kadri, and and Coronado seems to to play pretty good with Kadri too. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. I I can I can see that being the case. Um, so then, who do you put up with with uh, Huberto and Lindholm? Do you think it's going to be Sharon Govich? I think so. And and um, I actually uh, sent this uh, send this text message in to uh pat at 960 in the after uh the post game show after the last game there um sharon govich plays a very similar game to dube but he's bigger mm-hmm. he he gets in he comes so dube and sharon govich are the only players only forwards on the team who come out of the corner with the puck and doer come out of the corner with the puck. Yep. All the other guys go into the corner and get knocked over, go into the corner and don't come out with the puck or throw a pizza up, up the middle or, or whatever. But those guys go in to the boards, wherever they're going into the boards and come out with the puck more often than not. Yep. And I think that... I, I put Backlund and... Sharon Govich, was that? I put Backlund and Coleman in that group as well, though. Coleman's 50-50 on that. Yeah. But Backlund's, you're right. Um, but I think Sharon Govich, in the last two games that that they played in the um, or the last two games that he played in the uh, preseason, there, mm-hmm. I thought that he did started showing a lot more chemistry with the team, and a lot more uh, comfortability, just being able yeah. to go in there and and get get pucks and. I don't know if you noticed that, but he really, really started uh, driving, driving in, and you know, pinning guys against the board, coming out with the puck, yeah, and yeah. making nice plays. Like, I, 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 re- I really like him. Would be great with either one of those players. Yeah, no, and I agree with that. I, I also like him in front of the net. Um, he's he seems to be a really hard body to move out of there. Mm-hmm. Based on on the couple of games that he was kind of hanging around in that position, so yeah, I I would feel comfortable with either Dubé or him um, trading places on those two lines. You know, you know, making room for Doer, of course. Yeah, making room for Doer. I don't know where. Honestly, I could see a world in which. Coronado ends up playing with Backlund and Mangiapane and Coleman ends up on the fourth line. It's not out of the realm. You know, which is unfortunate, right? Because I think, well, I mean, Coleman can can easily be bottom six. He he can bounce back and forth, I think. I think, you know what? And the thing about a guy like Coleman is he is he's out there on the PK every time, you know, he's not going to be hurting for minutes, even if he's on the fourth line, I don't think. Right. Right. 
maybe a little bit, but it's not going to be like, oh, this guy's never on the ice. You're going to hear his name throughout the game, every yeah. game. Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, I don't think there's much to talk about with the with the first two pairs. Like, I think Rasmus and Noah work together. I think Uyghur and Zadarov work together, and really that's it's a pretty tough pair to play against the way that they play um, you know, with Zadarov's size and, and grit and Uyghur just likes to get in your face all the time and yell at a... until he takes 24 minutes of penalties, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's definitely a hard, hard pairing to match up against. Cause I mean, they're, they'll, they'll punish you. Yeah. And, and clearly you got to put the, the two, the two kids, you know, whether it be Australia or, or Gilbert, with with Tanev, right? He's been proven to be well. Neither of them are kids. Neither I of them know. are very young. I know. Austin New, newbies has looked good. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think he's looked pretty good. Yeah. Very strong skater. Been pretty impressed with him. Um, yeah, Gilbert unfortunately didn't get the games that he was likely hoping because I'm assuming he suffered a concussion there. It looked like it for sure, or or at least uh, tweaked his shoulder or something like that. It it, it wasn't pretty. Um, yeah, the the first couple games, the preseason there, we had Gilbert get knocked out and Peltier getting knocked out, and it was just like, oh god. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> None of our players were ever hurt with Sutter, and now now our players are hurt in the first two games without him. <laughs> yeah, we were kind of lucky. I mean, other than I mean, there there were a couple. Other than Tanov, <laughs> Tanov and and Shillington and. Uh, Shillington was not hurt, but. Well, no, not not last year. The year before, because he he was hurt twice. Okay. Remember that? I had that, forgotten. I remember, he, remember that weird that the weirdest collision he had with the boards. I, it was unbelievably weird the way he, he went in, kind of by himself. And then oh, skated yeah. backwards and caught his edge and flipped <laughs> back and slammed up against the boards and yeah yeah oh, I totally forgot about Christ. that right, yeah right. yeah it was just almost like somebody had not loaded the game properly like it it just I don't understand how that even happened just a lag spike yeah 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 um I don't know I like the way that third pair rolls out because obviously Tanev's gonna play every game that he's healthy for. And Osterly and Gilbert, I think you have one like quick offensive type defenseman. And then you have another guy who's I don't think Gilbert's particularly slow, but no. He's more of a defense first and also a I'll punch you in the face if you, you know, cause any shit. So I feel oh. like depending on who we're, who we're playing against, they'll That's... kind of uh, cycle those guys in and out. Yeah, I'll definitely be on a matchup. And, and I love the way Gilbert plays the game. You know, he, he's hard. He's hard on the boards. He needs. He hasn't backed down from a fight yet. No, certainly hasn't won them all. He's not afraid to do it. Yeah, that's I, I like that. Is, is that is is that why why Calgary made that that uh, waiver claim for AJ Greer? Mm -hmm. I guess we should talk about that too. Um, I've only seen AJ Greer play a couple of games, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't have a whole bunch to say as far as what I've seen from him. I know the scouting report. I know Boston fans are really upset that he didn't clear. Um, but from what what the from the scouting report, he's kind of a guy who likes to hit a lot. He's actually fairly fast. And he likes to throw throw fists, but he doesn't really win a whole lot of them. It's kind of the scouting report on him. Have you watched many games of his or I 
I don't really know much about him at all, other than the fact that he can't, he doesn't know how to stay out of the penalty box. So I'm sure that'll be a a hot topic through the season if he doesn't get that under under wraps. What so kind f- of uh, penalties does he take? How how many penalty minutes did he have last season? Uh, last year he had 114. How many games did he play? 61. Holy balls! Yeah, um, so he's he's played 108 games. Fights? Yeah. That's that's just a thing. It yeah, does it say how many fights there? Doesn't. I'll look that up. Yeah, yeah. So far, he's played 108 games in the NHL with 20 points and 170 penalty minutes. <sighs> that's crazy. Yeah. AJ Greer has oh, that's not... hey, he's twenty six years old, drafted in uh, two thousand fifteen, thirty uh, ninth overall in the second round by Colorado. Shoots left, plays left wing, six three, two hundred ten pounds. So he's oh a big goodness. kid. He fought. Wayne Simmons. Nice. Just looking at hockey fights. Yeah, he's he's fought some big boys. So he's not afraid, that's for sure. I can't find how many fights he's had, but well, I, sp- I I suppose with, with Luch going to Boston, I mean we might as well get their other guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not like Boston needs to. Yeah. I'm just kind of curious how many um how many of those penalty minutes came from fights? Because at least, generally speaking, fights are two guys going off and not really all that detrimental to your team as yeah. far as, you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I find it interesting that he played 61 games last year and then put on waivers before the season even starts. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I, I guess, I guess he's going to play on the fourth line. What's that? I guess what we're saying is he's likely going to play on the fourth line. Sometimes. And then sometimes he won't. That's kind of depth guy, right? Like is what it is. You can't really get too mad at it as long as, you know, he's, he's cheap. So can't really argue with it too much. You need some depth, and he's not slow. And I, I think a lot of teams hire slow enforcers like Boston and Toronto, and you know, guys going after Reeves and Lucic, and like, yeah, those guys are you know nuclear deterrents, as they say. But they're like, it's hard to be a deterrent when you're fucking sixty feet away from the play. Yeah, when you can't keep up with the play, then yeah, you're only a deterrent after the whistle. Yeah. Um, I wanted to do just a random little thing here. Um, what's your cup finals prediction for this year? Put you on the spot a little bit. <laughs> um, Colorado and Carolina. That's not a bad, not a bad uh, shout at all. I think both of those teams could easily get in there. Who do you think wins out of there? Out of those two? Out of those two, I think Carolina does. Yeah, I. I'll, you know what? I'll disagree with that because Carolina reminds me a lot of the the Sharks of about eight years ago, where they just could not get it done. They were always so good in the regular season, and then they just could not get over that hump of the second or third round or whatever it was in the playoffs. Um, I can see them getting to the finals, but I don't think they have the firepower 
they're so good defensively and they have three great goalies and honestly I think part of it is like Brendan Moore is obviously a great coach but I think that there comes a point where the defense first style that they have or that he has them playing keeps them from scoring enough goals to win playoff games that's fair um, I but I, I could I, see because they are such a good team but they're, they're a great team and and I I personally think that that defense first mentality in, in playoffs is is key and having I, I mean obviously it, they have really good goaltending yeah, I think that that was that was that was the reason for for picking that is is I think there's a difference in in goaltending between the two teams. I wouldn't be surprised if I wouldn't be surprised if either of those teams won. I wouldn't be surprised if if that was the the finals matchup and, and Carolina won at all. Um, mm-hmm. I just there there's a few teams I put in front of them. I've got Dallas and New Jersey. Um, and I, I think I, I figured New Jersey was going to go after Hellebuck, but yeah. Hellebuck signed today, uh, extended with a no move clause for one or two of the years. I think I can't remember exactly. Right. But, uh, so I, he's not going anywhere, but I do feel like, they're going to upgrade their goalie if they need to, but I also feel like there's a chance that, that the Kira Schmid is the real thing. Um, and I then he will take the uh, starter net away from uh, Vitek Vanacek, and their insane offense and their their pretty good defense will. Mm-hmm. Uh, will get them to the finals, but they will lose to Dallas. Um, I think that they will spend the year kind of uh, making sure Ottinger isn't overplayed and gets to the playoffs without being overplayed. Yeah. Um, and I think that they have so much depth Um. I think that Matt Duchesne for three and a half mil is so good. They have great defense. Um, you know, they have Heiskanen is so good. Robertson is so good. Hints is so good. Pavelski is just the ageless wonder of today. Yeah. So ben, now, now, now's the time that you have to actually say why you, why you, you think Dallas is going right. Just for, just for Joe and and playoff points, I think you uh, made a prediction uh, earlier oh, today on social media. This isn't why I think. I just saw saw the the stat the other day. This isn't why I think that they're going. I think they're going because they're a really really good fucking team. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Favel, I think it's if he scores ten more playoff goals, he'll move into sixth all time, um, tied with Mike Bossy, and he'll. Pass guys like Mario Lemieux and Joe Sackick. And I mean, let's be honest, 10 playoff goals for, for Joe is not out of the realm of possibilities. In two rounds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. But I Mr. Clutch I'd in have the playoffs. To look it, I'd have to look it up again, but I think that the reason I stopped it at uh, tied for sixth is because I think sixth is 85 playoff goals and then i think after that is where it starts getting into the ridiculous numbers like 100 130 yeah. or something like that so yeah, yeah yeah but yeah he'll pass if if i remember correctly if he scores 10 more he'll pass sakic lemieux rocket richard just like all sorts of legends it's gross yeah well, how many, how many times have you been watching a game against Dallas and just out of the blue, fucking Joe? Rather like, than that, tip fuck. in, tip in, tip in. He's he's. I mean, he's been a flames killer for his whole career. His whole career, and 
I remember when he was uh, rumored to be traded, and the one thing we were missing was a second-line center. <laughs> and the one thing we were missing was a net front presence. Yeah. And I'm like... That's, that's, that's the guy. <laughs> seven first-round picks. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Obviously, not seven first-round picks, but... <laughs> no. You imagine. Yeah. But that would have been great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's I I can, you know, I I can't I I think if all four teams that that we just picked there, I think they they all have a pretty legitimate chance to be playing in that final game. I agree. And it I mean, Dallas, I mean, after we had that that round with them 2122 you know 2122 year um i i gained some respect for them cuz before that i i didn't i i didn't think there were much of anything but i mean robertson's a freaking stud robertson and he didn't even yeah. do much that that uh no he didn't do in the in, the in the round but i i started paying more more attention to them yeah. Um, like last year I watched more of them and stuff and yeah I mean obviously they've got their you know their Jamie Benz and stuff like that which you know whatever he's always kind of been been the same you know, chippy yeah garbage player that you know I I, I don't like Jamie Ben never have yeah I mean, he does he, some pretty messed up shit but yeah he's pretty cheap one thing I will say about Dallas is they've built their team right. Whereas they saw the end coming for Sagan and Ben. Mm-hmm. And they kind of saw that they had a few pieces, but not enough uh, of younger pieces coming up. Yep. So they kind of like restocked the cupboards and I wouldn't call it tanked, but semi tanked for a couple of years. Got hints, got. Robertson got Heiskanen and now they have Johnston and Maverick Bork and they have all sorts of like really good young mm-hmm. talent coming in that's going to replace Ben and replace Sagan and replace Duchesne now that they have him yeah. and they're going they're going to go from contending to contending with a different core and they took like two or three years off of contending to do it, but they they did that well, right. That's that's how you build a team, right? Yeah, that's that's what Calgary that's needs to understand. Is crazy, yeah. yeah. Bringing in, you know, drafting properly and getting high draft picks for a couple of years can do wonders. Well, that's right. You know what? What are the fan? What would the fans rather do? Offer around the mediocre for I don't know how long we've been twenty years, or or take a couple of years off, restock the shelves, make another push for it. It's in in my opinion, it's just so much better than just continuing to sign aging bets. Yeah, it's just. I'm happy we didn't do that this year. I mean, I guess other than backwind, but. No, you can't. I mean, that's not. I'm. I'm talking about you know, UFAs. Yeah. We always sign the one big name through this through the summer, and he's supposed to be the one that just pushes over the hump, and year after year after year, just yeah, Neil. Like there's there's so many that we that we've done over the last twenty years. So funny. I I was listening to a. listening to another podcast earlier and they were talking about um Montreal and how Montreal's you know not not quite ready to take that next step yet but they have guys like Monahan who they can sell at the deadline and get picks and young players and I was like imagine getting picks and young players for Monahan instead of selling like having to pay a first round pick to yeah. get rid of the last year of his contract just so uh, you can sign a 31 year old to a seven year deal for three million dollars too much <laughs> fuck you brad 
sorry, Chris. <laughs> like he, he just, yeah. He literally just... fucked everything up and left. Yeah, like he, he just. <laughs> well, my work here is done, and guess I'll. I mean, hopefully, he does it to, to Toronto too. I mean, that would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. He, he has first thing he did no was go to Toronto was thirteen and a half million dollars worth of a guy who's injured half the year. Yeah, not bad, <laughs> not bad at all. <laughs> Seems about par. At least it's only four years, though. Yeah. Wish you yeah, that... around here. Right. <laughs> yeah, Other well, than Chuck, Could you... would have been nice to have for eight. Not three. Did you three or two? I think it was three. It was three. Well, apparently it was he five too little. But Brad was like, nope. Need Froleek. You gotta have Froleek. Can't have the 3M line without one of those M's. Summer of bad. <laughs> well, there you have it, everybody. <laughs> Old predictions. And depression <laughs> to round it off. Thanks, Dylan. Well, <laughs> well, as per usual, I like to uh, say thanks to everybody for for watching, following, liking, sharing, all those fun things. Uh, we're trying to we're trying to build a brand. We're we're kind of working on a lot of things when it comes to the the audio and, and the production side of, of doing the podcast and we're we're uh, going to be making some changes here in the in the very near future uh going with going with some some better qualities and some and some uh you know just different formatting things like that and it's going to be fun it'll be yeah. it'll, it'll make you want to share again so <laughs> a little bit more yeah 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 um don't forget to follow us on twitter x whatever you want to call it uh, armchair GM uh, armchair GM underscore pod and uh, you know, follow my updates I uh, I put links there for the YouTube shows for the Spotify shows and share a lot of the hockey podcast network stuff and things like that follow um, them too by the way yeah follow them um, you know the advert uh, in, the, in the middle of the show uh, don't forget to Sign up for DraftKings and, uh, and for the love of God, use that promo code, the THPN. Uh, you might as well save some money and make some money all at the same time. Yeah. Um, check us out on Spotify, Apple, your favorite podcatcher, all that type of stuff. Um, and uh, go Flames, go. It should be a fun fun time over the next couple weeks the beginning of the season to uh see what we have as the system gets worked out the defensive zone gets uh a little a little bit more comfort and uh yeah hopefully yep. it makes us a much better team yep don't forget flames game wednesday the 11th 8 p.m mountain standard beginning of the season going to be a lot of fun. Go Flames. Cheers.